Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to Freelance the Founder. I'm your host, Brandon Hull. This is a podcast where we usually tell the stories of freelancers and solopreneurs who grew their businesses to be much bigger than themselves. But on today's show, we've got a slightly different angle for you. What if you did just the opposite of our show's traditional theme on purpose? What if you discovered that your best bet for growth and success and even peace of mind was to change gears from building a big company brand to building a strong, healthy, growing personal brand. So for a long time, I had been running social media accounts as Loom Adventures and posting as Loom Adventures. And what I discovered was that nobody knew who that was. There was no face to the brand. Nobody knew who I was. They weren't remembering my name. They weren't associating it with anything. And it was like, oh, light bulb moment. I should do something different. I should be me online. This is the story of Kaylee Moore, freelancer and former founder of Lumen Ventures. Now she's, well, she's Kaylee Moore, prolific content creator, podcaster, and business partner to Paul Jarvis and his creative class program. You know, it takes very little Googling to find articles, online courses, and wisdom from freelance sages telling you to grow, grow, grow your business, do this early on to seem bigger and more professional, do that to appear more qualified and experienced, follow these steps to turn a hobby into a massive business. And that's the story we often tell on Freelance to Founder as well. Well, Kaylee did some of those things early on too, but then she hit the brakes and you need to know what she did. I'm going to tell you her story and she's going to help me out. You'll learn where her meticulous, attentive detail nature planted its roots and you'll hear how she grew her business before hitting that crossroads. But I also want you to stick around for the second half of the show as we ask questions of Kaylee directly from the Millow Mastermind group on Facebook while also sharing some words of wisdom on how to market your freelance business if you've got only a few hundred dollars to spare. But first, Freelance to Founder is only possible because of the generous help from our sponsors. Preston, take it away. Season five of Freelance to Founder is supported by Gusto. On your own journey from freelance to founder, you'll notice that HR, payroll, and benefits can be a huge pain, which is why there's Gusto. Gusto makes it easy to scale your solo business through modern technology built specifically for small businesses just like yours. And as this season's sponsor, Gusto is offering freelance to founder listeners an exclusive deal at gusto.com slash FTF. Sign up using that link and you'll get three months completely free. It's a pretty big deal. Again, that's three full months completely free of Gusto HR payroll and benefits tech at gusto.com slash FTF. This episode is supported in part by Design Crowd. 
DesignCrowd helps entrepreneurs and small businesses like you outsource custom logos, business cards, and web design from top designers around the world. DesignCrowd has over 600,000 designers from Sydney to San Francisco, ready to help you with your creative ideas. With DesignCrowd, get the perfect custom design every time. Freelance to Founder listeners can receive up to $100 off their design project by visiting designcrowd.com slash founder or entering promo code founder at checkout. Support for this episode comes from Conference Calling by Vast Conference. Their fully automated conference calling service helps you connect with your clients no matter where you are in the world without the need for dial-in numbers or per-minute charges. Imagine web conferencing your clients easily, quickly, and without needing a fancy mic or all that annoying additional software. It's a game-changer for freelancers and founders alike. You can try it completely free for 30 days at conferencecalling.com slash trial30. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people calling with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. My maiden name was Friend, so I got a lot of jokes about the last name as a kid because it's kind of a funny last name, you know? And so as a kid, I was kind of a weirdo. I think I'm still kind of a weirdo. Um, I really, I was very nerdy and I, I was very into um, like outer space and, and learning and um, big reader. 
And so I just always kind of had my nose in a book and I don't know, I was, I was just kind of an awkward, weird kid for a while. And it wasn't really until junior high that I started to come out of that a little bit and transform into a little bit less of a weirdo, I guess. Um, I still have a lot of the same tendencies of like being very curious and really being into learning. For example, every night before I go to bed, I watch a documentary. So I'm, I'm still, I'm very active about learning and about trying to take in new information at least once a day. Um, and so, yeah, I just as a kid, I I was really into education and, and soaking up knowledge. And I even had this big book called um, the, the Giant Book of Knowledge. And I would have my parents quiz me on it. So that kind of gives you a picture of the little weirdo that I was. Kaylee Moore hails from and still lives in a sleepy town in Illinois known as much for being the headquarters of a 100 year old Ferris wheel manufacturer as anything else it's known for. That Ferris wheel manufacturer even custom built an elaborate roller coaster for Michael Jackson's famed Neverland Ranch. It's very quiet here. Um, for reference, it's it's so small that I think I th- and I think you touched on this earlier before the call before we hopped on here. It's about twenty thousand people, and it's probably it's probably actually today more like seventeen thousand. It's we've had a lot of manufacturing places close, so people have moved away. The the thing that's nice about it is it's it's very peaceful. There are a lot of cornfields. There's a lot of open space. Her parents were down to earth Midwesterners who emphasized getting a good education and encouraged her to explore and develop her own interests. Ultimately. Kaylee's love for writing was unlocked during junior high. Maybe you can relate to her experience here. When I was in junior high, they had a young authors contest where you could submit stories or poems, and I would always do that. And I did pretty well in those. I actually ended up winning a couple of times. So that was the first time that somebody told me, hey, you're good at this thing. You should keep doing it. And so um, I also had a couple of really good English teachers who really encouraged me to keep writing. And that was where that all began, where I started to think, hey, I'm really good at this. On the other hand of that, I also had a couple of math teachers who were like, really, numbers are not your thing. So I was very much like, okay, I'm not a math person, maybe I'm a word person. And so just kind of followed that guidance as well, which I think my teachers were onto something. There's lesson number one for those of you who are parents and want your kids to at least consider a non-traditional career versus, say, working as a cog in the proverbial machine. Encouragement. That's the lesson. It's the one constant in every story we've told on Freelance to Founder. As she moved on to college, her creative skills were refined and disciplined. I I took a lot of uh, elective writing classes, a lot of really challenging English classes. I also did a lot of photography. So again, just kind of following the path of journalism and writing and being creative. um, All of those things helped me practice and helped me get better and find my weak spots. And, And I had, again, I had a lot of good teachers who were like, hey, you need to work on this a little bit, or this is really good. Keep doing more of this. So I worked with a statewide magazine for electric cooperatives, which if you live in a city, that is the electric provider for the people who live out in the country in the middle of nowhere. And so it's a lot of human interest stories. It's a lot of um, kind of local happenings and stuff like that. So I got really hands-on with going and reporting and and interviewing people and, and taking photos and putting together a story. And so that was my really, that was my first opportunity to get published work 
to figure out what it means to be a reporter and to write something that a lot of people are going to read and also working with an editor. So it was a great experience for me. Um, it was unpaid. That was the only downside. I saw there was a big Twitter conversation about unpaid internships this week. So it's been online. Um, but yeah, it was a great experience. And I really learned a lot in the six months that I worked there. As her college years winded down, Kaylee got the jump on her career, starting the job search routine a full two months before she graduated. And she landed a role as a public relations manager with a nonprofit food bank locally. So I had started applying for jobs in April before I graduated. Very proactive, just my personality. And got a couple of rejections. And then I, I got an interview for this food bank job. And I was 22 years old, not a lot of experience, but very willing to learn. And ended up landing it somehow, probably because I was like, oh, yes, please, I will do anything. Give me this job. <laughs> so it actually ended up being a great position. And the thing that was nice about starting in the nonprofit world was there's not a lot of resources as far as marketing budget goes. There's actually usually no resources. So it's good for a young person to get in there and be really resourceful and um, connect the dots between how can I make things happen on little to no budget? And so because I didn't have a lot of money to spend on, you know, easier things that obviously produce results like advertising and things like that, it was great. And so I did that for three and a half years and got a ton of experience. And the people I worked with, was, with were great. The mission of the organization was incredible and they helped so many people. And so I really couldn't have asked for a better first job. It was a, a it was a great experience. Now, here's lesson number two for parents, but it also applies to young freelancers. Find a mentor. Yeah, it, within the organization, I had a great boss, um, but there's not a lot of extra people there to help you with things. It's, you know, when it comes to the nonprofit world, everybody is doing three jobs. So I did I was fortunate to have a really good mentor who was the head of marketing at a large hospital in the area. And so he was a good person I could call up, call upon if something major came up or if I needed to troubleshoot something, which was almost never, but it was nice to have anyways. He was a guy who'd been working in marketing and advertising for probably 30 plus years, super experienced, very well connected within the community and had seen it all basically when it came to PR. and and. I think the best lesson that I learned from him along the way was, um, one, how to pitch publications and how to put together a pitch letter. That's something I still use today. And two, how to handle interviews. And, and the, it's really pretty simple. What he taught me was prepare for the five questions you don't want to be asked and have an answer for them. And again, that's something I still use today is have an answer for the things you don't want to be asked and know how to handle that gracefully and tactfully. And so I think those are both great lessons to learn from a mentor. But you know how the story goes, right? That day job, as stimulating as it was, wasn't enough. Dating back to her college years even, Kaylee had run her own business on the side. For about five years, she ran an Etsy shop, selling jewelry she assembled at home successfully. She also dabbled in managing social media for a few people. As time went by, Kaylee felt a little trapped by the PR job, though those are my words, not hers. She actually loved the role but knew there was more out there for her. She had been given ample opportunities to round out her marketing skills and her public speaking skills, and even became a master in resourcefulness. She wanted more, though. 
I started having days at work where I didn't have enough to do and I was just kind of like filling the time day to day. And that bugged me because I, I really like to be busy. I do best when I'm working efficiently and I have lots of things on my to-do list. And because it was resource strapped, which is just kind of a nature of nonprofits, there were days where I, I didn't always have that much to do. And as hard as I worked to try to fill those hours, in the back of my mind, I, I started to think about there's probably something else I could be doing where I can be busier and I can really work efficiently and get the most out of my days. And so that's that's where I started thinking more about the side work that I was doing and looking for more avenues for expanding that. And so really what I started doing was just asking around, asking people that I would run into if they needed help with writing or if they needed somebody to help with their social media management or you know even just consulting on um, here's what you should try next with your Facebook page or something like that. And in doing that, I was able to build up a body of work on the side that started keeping me pretty busy after hours. Kaylee had two clients in particular that she found via a job board and just through traditional networking that were on retainer with her in a big way. And those clients are still with her today. I had a couple requests for retainer clients who wanted me to work with them on a month over month basis. And just through those two alone, I was at the point where I was making as much as I was at the PR job, which kind of tells you a little bit about the payment that I was getting, which I think is like, this is my first job out of college, nonprofit, that's how it is. But um, I was like head scratching over here. Hey, this, this might be another option for me. And so with those two retainer clients, I had a lot of stability built in and it kind of minimized the risk in transitioning or you know, thinking about transitioning. And so my husband and I talked about it. We weren't married at the time, but um, he's like, you know, I, I, you're young. I think you should do it. I think you should give it a shot. At least give yourself 12 to 18 months. And so in my mind, I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty logical. Like, that's a good plan. If I can't make it work in 18 months, then I'll find a different job again. But that was what I needed to really commit to giving things a shot and leaving the job, which that was a really hard day, going into my boss's office and saying, hey, I'm leaving. She needed one more nudge, though. She'd gotten encouragement from her parents early on in life, from her teachers later on, and now from her husband. Go do it. Explore. She felt the safety that comes from having a couple of clients on indefinite retainer, yes, but she knew she was still young and would need to hustle a bit to win more clients. That encouragement mattered. To do that, she founded Lumen Ventures with her husband. She would do the writing, He'd do the graphic design and everything sounded great. A union with the couple and a union in the business. But when we come back, you'll learn that it wasn't the right plan for Kaylee. And what she did about that may shock you. Among many challenges her first year as a freelancer, she fought off a serious illness that nearly caused her to throw it all away, but came out on the other side with a new focus and a new brand. Kaylee Moore. Stick with us for the second half. Support for this episode comes from Conference Calling by Vast Conference. Their fully automated conference calling service helps you connect with your clients no matter where you are in the world, without the need for dial-in numbers or per-minute charges. Imagine web conferencing your clients easily, quickly, and without needing a fancy mic or all that annoying additional software. It's a game changer for freelancers and founders alike. You can try it completely free for 30 days at conferencecalling.com slash trial 30. Hey, everybody. If you like 
freelance to founder, you will love Rocketship.fm. Michael Saka and Mike Belsito do an exceptional job with their podcast, profiling entrepreneurs and the stories behind the products that they built. You'll not only hear about the business's ups and downs, you'll hear about the founders' personal struggles as they deal with pressures from family and loved ones as well. Check them out at Rocketship.fm or by searching for Rocketship in your favorite podcast app. Now, back to our show. In the early days, it took me a long time to figure out how my day was supposed to look. That was something I really struggled with. Um, I didn't know what time I was supposed to get up in the morning. I didn't know what time I should quit working, when I should take a lunch break. It was just really foreign to me. So because I had some empty time to fill, I would, in the early days, I would just say yes to any project that came my way, um, which is not <laughs> the greatest business approach, but I was still in that panicky stage of, oh my gosh, this isn't gonna work. This isn't gonna be sustainable forever. I've gotta find work, I need the money. Um, so I would just say yes, and I did. That actually was kind of a blessing in disguise because it allowed me to get experience with a lot of different types of work for a lot of different industries. It also allowed me to pinpoint what I didn't like um, and what kind of work I didn't want to do. So in that first year, as I was doing all these odd jobs for everyone from like HVAC, heating and cooling people, to healthcare, to finance and banking industry stuff, I was able to figure out that I really liked this one kind of section of the market, which was e-commerce and then the software tools that go along with it, which of course I didn't know that's what it was called at the time. But I found that specific type of work that I really liked. And after the year mark, that's when I took a course and really started focusing more on that. But that first year was kind of a hectic mess, I'll be honest. On top of the doubts about what clients to take on or what type of work she should do and what prices she should charge, Kaylee faced a physical challenge as well. At the time, I was under 26. I was 25 when I left the job. So I had a year on my parents' insurance. And after that, I was married so I could be on my husband's. But that first year that I had left the full-time job, I actually got really, really sick. And I had viral meningitis and I was in the hospital for a long time. And so that was also very scary to me on, oh my gosh, like what if I didn't have this health insurance? And so I think that that's a huge barrier to entry for people who don't have an option through a spouse or through a parent, you know, being able to still be on their insurance. I mean, it's tough. It's really, really tough right now. And if I didn't have that, that would have been a major blow to that first year of freelancing. So definitely a hurdle and definitely worth talking about because it can be financially just, it could, it could wreck your plans for sure. Kaylee made it through that illness with a renewed focus. She also took a course that helped her rethink her business as a personal business. Now her husband, and I should clarify, the marriage is going strong. There's no derailment there in this story. Her husband already had a day job, so he didn't necessarily need the extra graphic design work. So she did the opposite of what many freelancers do. Instead of doubling down on growing a brand under a company name, she went back to her own name. Yeah, so for a long time, I had been running social media accounts as Loom Adventures and posting as Loom Adventures. And what I discovered was that nobody knew who that was. There was no face to the brand. Nobody knew who I was. They weren't remembering my name. They weren't associating it with anything. 
And it also had a really broad focus too. So I was doing social media, I was doing writing, my husband was doing graphic design under the, the umbrella of this Lumen name. And so it was confusing. People didn't really know what our specialty was. And so I took the creative class by Paul Jarvis, who's been on your show um, in 2014, which was a year into freelancing and was like, oh, light bulb moment. I should do something different. I should be me online. And I just decided I'm going to ditch this brand name for a while. I'm just going to market myself as me, as a freelance writer who specializes in this one specific thing. And I'm going to see how this goes. And so I, it's funny, at the same time, I also transitioned to an LLC. So technically, I, I went from sole proprietor to LLC and dropped the brand name. It's still there. It's still the LLC. But um, marketing-wise, I switched to just being me and being Kaylee Moore, freelance writer. And that's kind of where it all began. And the consensus that I found, at least with the section of people that I talked to, was they liked the individual. They didn't like the middleman or the guise of a brand. So that was a light bulb moment for me. And I just thought, okay, well, I should give this a try. And, you know, my husband helped me design a new website with this new positioning and launched it fairly quickly, thanks to his help. And yeah, just kind of hit the ground running and haven't really looked back since. Kaylee took the creative class with Paul Jarvis, who's a friend of our own team at Freelance to Founder. A key element of creative class is discovering how you should best position you. It's not always the best path for a freelancer to set their eyes on building a company brand. In fact, Paul Jarvis himself has done this from his home in Vancouver, British Columbia in Canada, and he's got a book coming out in early 2019 on this very topic, Building a Company of One. Kaylee is well aware now that freelancers struggle with how to position and market themselves, and she concedes that over time, she may even need to evolve a little bit. I think it really depends. A lot of a lot of people I work with today go as consultants. And so rather than being a freelancer, which has kind of a negative connotation with it of being, I don't know, like a service provider who's with a low budget, who is not an expert. I see that and I understand that. Um, so a lot of people I know go with consultant instead. And I, I go back and forth on it too. I think, you know, as I get further into this business and I have more expertise to pull from, that might be something I transition myself into later. Um, but for now, you know, freelancer seems to be working fine. And the fact that so many of my new clients and new relationships come out of referrals, it doesn't really matter that much at this stage in my business because I'm not getting a lot of queries through the website. Most of it's coming through an introduction or through a previous relationship. So the marketing piece isn't a huge factor in my getting new work, at least at this point in the business. I have another writer, Emma Samasco, that I work pretty closely with. And she does, whereas I do a lot of writing, she does a lot of the strategy piece for content creation, for website copy for brand voice, stuff like that. I think for her, that's where consultant makes a lot of sense because it's not so much, it's definitely not a freelance writer relationship. It's more of a, I know a lot about how to do the strategy piece of things. And for me, in my mind, that's what a consultant is, is helping kind of connect the dots and put the pieces of the puzzle together. Um, So I think you really have to think about the type of work that you're doing. Are Are you a puzzle piecer or are you a skilled person who does a specific type of work. I think that's kind of an easy way to sort things out. Not only did she settle down on her positioning, she settled down on her niche as well. Content for software companies specifically. She chose it for a variety of reasons. Yet another great lesson for freelancers there. 
When you're much more focused about who you are and whom you serve, you can then start thinking about what tactics will get you exposure to that target market. Kaylee's focus to become a primary subject matter expert on her niche has landed her guest contributor status with Copy Hackers, Fast Company, Huffington Post, and numerous other online magazines. Yeah, that was just something I knew I wanted to build in as I was focusing on this specific area. I knew I wanted to get some of those authority building opportunities in the mix. So I knew that I wanted to write for Copy Hackers. I did that. I knew that I wanted to write for some of those big business publications. So at this point, I've done Fast Company, Entrepreneur, Inc., Huffington Post. Um, And all of that was really just with the goal in mind of having my name associated with a specific type of expertise and getting published in places where people think, oh, yeah, well, I saw her on this site. I trust them. So she must know what she's talking about. That was kind of the thought process behind it all. What I love about this specific niche is that it can be very technical at times, but it's very education-based. So where, as a lot of industries, you do kind of a surface level, here's a nice little blog post with five tips on how to do something better. This industry is really great about taking a deep dive, really focusing on research and um, processes and testing and case studies and research, and they really teach valuable lessons and put together these great pieces of evergreen content that are good for years. And I love that. I love that these pieces that I work so hard on age well, and that I can still be proud of them years after they've been published for the first time. And so I think that that's kind of, there are a lot of industries that I think want to do that, but they either don't have the time or the resources to create that type of content, or it's just not that high on their list of things to do at this point. So maybe at this point, you're wondering, how has this worked out for her so far? Here's what she says. Um, My business has grown by at least 40% year over year, which is bananas to me. I cannot believe that. But um, so things are going really well. Again, I think it's a matter of being a specialist now and being a subject matter expert that people know what it is that I do. Whereas before I was offering all these services and it was kind of one of those jack of all trades, master of none situations where I was offering so many things that people were like, wait, what do you do? What, what is the thing that you offer again? So yeah, this, this transition has really helped me focus on being really good at one very specific thing. And being known for this one thing means you can confidently turn down or refer out those job opportunities that don't make sense without any hesitation, or at least without any stress. It also means she's built a solid tight-knit network of experts like her that she can collaborate with. So it's kind of a multifaceted thing. I, ha- I, say, no, I say no to a lot more opportunities now. Um, and when I say no, it's always, this isn't a good fit for me, but I know somebody else who is and who specializes in this type of work. So having just a short list of people who are experts at different types of work, whether it be consulting or website copywriting or white paper creation, different types of writing, Um, That helps me to focus on the work that I really want to do and that I'm best at. Um, And then the other thing is, I I mentioned earlier, I had that health scare when I was early in my freelancing career. So I always have kind of a go-to list of people where if some something crazy happens, comes up, something you know something goes wrong, I have a list of people that I can be like, hey, can you help me with? It's an emergency. And so I think that that's been a nice thing to have too. Is just a network of people that you can trust that you know do a good job. Um, that can that can be there if you have to take a day off or if something you know something happens to where you can't meet a deadline because I never want to be that writer who doesn't meet the deadline. That's one of my biggest fears. 
That doesn't mean it's always a no-brainer on which projects or clients she should take on or you should take on for that matter. She developed a discipline for that as well. The biggest thing is, do you have the puzzle pieces that I'm looking for first? And that's the stuff I talked about around content strategy, around personas, um, a style guide, those very basic pieces that tell me that they have a nice onboarding system in place and that they really know what they're trying to do. I think that's one of the biggest things that helps me decide early on. Um, budget is also a big one also because as demand increases, I always raise my rates. So if that's not a good fit, that's a good indicator as well. Um, and then also I look at what they've done in the past. So um, the type of things that they're producing, is it something that I'd be proud to put my name on? I think that that's a good qualifier as well. Do I want to be associated with the type of work that they're putting out? And do I know about what it is that they're trying to cover? Am I comfortable with the subject matter and the audience and the industry? Because even though I'm saying I work with e-commerce and SaaS, that still leaves a lot of room for <laughs> possibility. I think one of the things I like about Kaylee is she's got a good balance of her thinking on how to approach the, the work that she does. On one hand, she's laser focused on her target market. On the other hand, she recognizes that there are times when you need to be open to pivoting. I asked her a question from our Milo community regarding what to do if you discover that the niche you're serving is no longer fulfilling. Here's what she had to say about that. I think that's when you have to start experimenting with different avenues. And maybe there's another area of knowledge or expertise that you can pull from. So you have something to start with as far as your knowledge base goes. But I think you have to be open to trying different types of work, whether it's, like I said, the type of writing, be it blog posts, emails, website copy. Maybe you need a different format or Maybe you need a different subject matter. Maybe you, instead of writing for e-commerce, you decide you want to write for um, gardening companies or um, interior design brands. You know, you can you can make a a big big change like that as long as you're willing to learn. I think that that's the biggest the biggest thing is: are you willing to learn and are you willing to put in the work to become an expert in a completely new area and a completely new topic. I also received a question from Katie in our Milo Mastermind group as well. <laughs> okay, so one other question. And this one comes from um, this one comes from Katie. Katie says, "When you were first starting out, how did you set your rates for writing, and how have they changed now that you're established? So, like, what did you learn about how you should approach that as your portfolio was more helpful in just selling your work for you?" So, in the early days, I had no idea what to charge because there's no guidelines out there. Um, so I would just ask other writers like, hey, what would you charge for X type of project? And so thankfully, uh, a lot of the people that I knew were willing to share those numbers with me. I also base it off my level ex of experience. So in the early days, I would always be on the low end of the spectrum because I knew that I still had a lot to learn. You know, I wasn't I wasn't an expert. But what I learned through creative class was that as time passed and as I became more of an expert, I needed to be deliberate about raising my rates. And so now Built into my business is a uh, demand curve. And then there's also, if I'm booked for six weeks out, I know that I need to raise my rates by 10 to 15%. Or if I've worked with a client for six months, I know that I need to say, hey, my rates are going up 20% um, for the next six months. If you'd like to get any projects in at the old rate, let's do that right now. But moving forward, the rate's going to be a little higher. And so just um, knowing that it's okay to ask for those rate increases and to kind of build that into my pricing model and um, in my conversations with new clients also, just just knowing that it's okay to ask for more and, and that you should as you become more of an expert and you become better at what you do, 
um, the rate should increase and, and making sure that you do that time after time. That's That's been a great way that has grown my business and has also, I think, helped build my expertise too, because you, I, unfortunately, I feel like people often associate value with price. So if it costs more, it must be better. And so that's, that's something I kind of learned along the way. All right. So let's say you were you were treated to uh, a morning coffee with a young local writer who was a friend of a friend or something like that. And now you're in the shoes of that marketing <laughs> leader from that hospital. Knowing what you know now, what are, so? let's say, the two or three biggest keys that you'd share with them for getting their freelance career going? They want to build something that's beyond just an occasional you know, $200 for writing this or $500 for this. They want to build something. What would be the, the two or three biggest keys that you'd share with them over that, that coffee meeting? Number one is pick a niche. That's the number one lesson. I think until you specialize, it's going to be so much harder to build sustainability into the business because, again, nobody knows what it is that you do. It's the master of none thing again. You've got to have an area that you specialize in and that you know a lot about so you have something to build upon when you're doing projects and as you're you're learning more about one specific thing rather than learning from scratch every single time. Um, the second thing is have a network of people. You know, participate in online communities, whether it's a Facebook group or people you follow on Twitter. So often you hear, oh, business is all about relationships. And that doesn't really mean anything until you understand that that means you've got to have a network of people. You've got to participate online or go to in-person meetups, go to conferences, do whatever it is you need to do. Third thing is um, be open to learning and don't ever, ever stop learning. So I think that so often people get comfortable within a niche or within a type of work that they're doing and they don't stay up on the trends or they don't keep learning about how to do their job better. And that's when the quality kind of drops off. And that's very dangerous for a freelancer because then you could lose a lot of your work. And and if you've worked hard to get a lot of clients, that's a really easy way to lose them is to start disappointing them or to kind of fall behind with how things are evolving. So I think those are the big three. That's what I would recommend. And that's the story and the wisdom of Kaylee Moore, writer, podcaster, and contributor to Paul Jarvis's creative class program. You might say that she saw two roads diverging in a wood and she, she took the one less traveled by and it's made all the difference. Thanks again to this season's sponsor, Gusto. If you're ready to scale your solo business, but you're worried about the complicated details behind hiring, HR, payroll, or benefits, Gusto can help. They've built some incredible technology to ensure you get HR and payroll right as you grow. You can get three free months of Gusto by visiting gusto.com slash FTF. That's G-U-S-T-O dot com slash F-T-F. We'd also like to thank Design Crowd for their support of this episode. Everyone knows if you're going to take your solo business more seriously, you need to look professional. With Design Crowd, hire talented designers from Sydney to San Francisco to help you design your business cards, website, or even your logo. You'll get the perfect custom design every single time. Save up to $100 by visiting designcrowd.com slash founder or entering promo code founder at checkout. Thanks for joining me on this episode. Next episode, we share the unique story behind the creation of Content Snare and its founder, James Rose. Um, while we were building the product, the entire time I was building the email list, I was running competitions to get like beta invites early. Um, 
and or to even get to win a year of the software if you invited like the most people or whatever um and building a facebook group full of people and like you know i was just doing all these different things to try and build our audience for all of us at millo thanks for listening to freelance to founder we'll catch you next time